Hello, everyone. I'm Priest Willis, and this is Missions and Marketplace Podcast, episode number 54. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Brandt. Andrew has touched many aspects of the sports world. He's been a player agent twice, including with Heisman Trophy winner Ricky Williams. He's been the vice president of player finance and general counsel for the Green Bay Packers and the general manager of the Barcelona Dragons of the World League of American Football, many of you may remember. Since leaving the Packers in 2008, Andrew has focused on media and teaching. On the media side, he provided NFL business analytics for ESPN, and he writes a column for Sports Illustrated MMQB, which is a popular article that's released every Monday. It's done under the brand of Peter King. He's also the director of Morad Center for Sports Law at Villanova University, which is one of only of a handful of sports law programs in the United States. I love sports business myself. I'm familiar with Andrew because I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as many of you know, and I've heard his name frequently as it related to the Packers and their news. I'm also especially interested in this because he has so much wisdom in the industry, and as many of you also know, my son has a lot of football opportunities at this point, currently serving as a starting DB at Texas A&M, and opportunities growing from that. So this was a great opportunity for me to talk with someone who has been steeped within the business for a long time. Hopefully you'll get something out of it, including something that it may not be related to sports, but something that I think will serve you as you grow your business. So without further ado, here is my man, Andrew Brand. Welcome to Missions and Marketplace Podcast. Join us as we talk to business and thought leaders to discuss their passions in and outside of business and how it drives them to give and be citizens of goodwill. Let's get started. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to be with you, Priest. Thank you so much for taking the time out here. So, you know, we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are in the sports. We have a few agents simply because of my son is in the process of now getting an agent going over to the pros. So I wanted to talk to somebody because I thought this would be fitting, not to mention that you have a podcast. Uh-huh that deals directly with business and sports. So I thought this was important that we kind of have a discussion and share with our audience here. So, you know, some of the things that I read about you is that you started off in school at Georgetown Law. Were you interested in getting into sports while you started off in college or was that a slow progression of sorts? Uh, You know, Priest, I think like a lot of kids, I grew up a big sports fan Grew up in Washington, D.C. You mentioned Georgetown Law. That's where I came back to law school. But it was always something I loved, you know, growing up a huge Washington Redskins fan, Washington Bullets fan. Now they're the Wizards. Going to games with my dad, season tickets to the Bullets. And just kind of that was my thing. And it probably won't surprise you or anyone to know that I was probably less interested in kind of the who's the best player argument and more kind of, I wouldn't call it business, but more kind of bigger picture issues. Why are these teams always good? Why are these teams always bad? And even at a young age, that intrigued me. Uh, I went to Stanford across country. I played a little bit of tennis, but I also saw the opportunity to play a little pro tennis at a very, very low level and see the bug that professional athletes go through at a much different experience than what people see on TV. And when I got back to D.C., Georgetown Law, I was lucky because there was a big firm in D.C. called ProServe, 
represent a lot of athletes and primarily at that time, tennis players. I grew up in D.C. playing a lot of tennis and there was a connection. And long story short, I started interning there in law school and then joined up after law school as, for lack of a better word, a junior agent at that time representing tennis players. A year or so later, moved over, saw a guy named David Falk representing NBA and NFL players and Mm -hmm. got to work for him. And just the point there that David with Michael Jordan, Patrick Dewing, Alonzo Mourning, Allen Iverson, so invested in basketball, it gave me a real opportunity to take the ball figuratively and literally in (laughs) football and run with it. And developed a football practice kind of led me to, you know, this life around the business of football. You started off an amazing career, and we're going to get into that here. But you started off as an agent, from my understanding, with Ricky Williams, who was a running back Heisman Trophy winner. How was that experience for you? Was that your first client? Or I know you started off as a junior agent with David Falk, but how did you kind of get into your own wheelhouse, if you will? Yeah, it's interesting because working with Ricky was a couple jobs ahead of where I was when we when I just answered that question. I was doing football for David Falk for many years, and then the NFL started a world league, and I was doing contracts, and a couple owners, general managers said, you know, how would you like to go to Barcelona, run the NFL's Barcelona Dragons? Mm, I remember that. And I was, I was young, young, single, didn't have any, uh, I didn't really want to leave representing players, but here was an opportunity to run a team at a very young age. So I did it. And I went overseas. I had no coaches, no players. I had to form a staff, form a team. We had training camp for like six days and we went to Spain. And um, that was a two year experience before the league suspended. And it was, I would say it's not, it was not a job. It was more of an adventure. (laughs) Fans cheered at the wrong times. They did the wave the entire game long. Uh, We were trying to keep 50 American football players uh, for really sane in <laughs> Barcelona, outside of Barcelona, Spain, because this was pre-internet. Yeah. So guys couldn't understand TV, couldn't understand papers. Sure, they liked the pretty women over there, but it was a very tough time personally. And my job as general manager there was a lot different than what you think of as general managers. But anyway, that league suspended. I went back to the agent business because at that time, a big firm in Boston called Bob Wolf Associates. Bob, like David Falk, pioneer in the industry, represented Dr. J and Magic and Larry Bird and Doug Flutie and all those guys. Unfortunately, suddenly passed away, left the firm to his wife. She didn't want to run a sports firm. She sold out to a group in Boston, and they hired me to run the basketball and football divisions. And actually running the hockey division still to this day is a guy named Bobby Orr. So that's quite a name to run a hockey division. Mm-hmm. I got a connection to a minor league baseball player playing for the Philadelphia Phillies that right when I started at Wolf by the name of Ricky Williams. So he was a fullback at Texas blocking for another priest, Priest Holmes. <laughs> and uh, what was great is that I got to know him and I could represent him. He was my client. He was a pro baseball player. So I could pay for his meals. I could do all that stuff. And of course, the rest is history. He turned into this incredible football player and followed him around for basically two years until finally signed him up as a football player. And here I I was a mid-range agent. And like you said, I wasn't the big 
conglomerate and I had the top guy in the country and for a while. <laughs> so I kept him. I kept him happy. I kept his family happy. I was traveling all over the world with him because when you represent someone like that, it's like a rock star. <laughs> yeah. um, until the sort of guys are hanging around him. And I, I approached him and I said, Rick, what's up? He said, well, these guys work for Master P. I'm like, who's that? He's a rapper and he uh, is getting into the sports field and he, wa- and he wants me to be his main guy. And I'm, I'm wanting, I want you to do that. Oh yeah. That was no limit sports said, well, agency, right? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And those guys hanging around were no limit guys. That's right. And I said, Rick, what's that mean for me? And he said, well, I want you to work with Master P. I don't like those guys in Boston. I want I want you to work with P. I said, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. And he said, just meet him. So I met him. And anyway, I'm telling my wife, you know, I think I'm going to be working for Master P. <laughs> uh, until the exact same time this happens, the exact same time, within a day or two. The Green Bay Packers keep calling me. And I had a client there, third string quarterback, who just retired named Matt Hasselbeck. And I said, I can't deal with Hasselbeck. I got Ricky Williams. I got Master P. And they said, well, we're not calling about Hasselbeck. Why are you calling me? Our coach, Mike Holmgren, Mm. just left us for the Seattle Seahawks. And I said, okay, what's that have to do with me? Well, he took Reinfeldt. Reinfeldt was the guy that ran the uh, business side of the operation. And Holmgren took him to Seattle. And I said, okay, sorry to hear you lost him. And they said, well, how'd you like to switch sides? And I said, come to Green Bay? <laughs> and they said, yeah. And I said, well, you deal with 100 agents. Why me? And they said, well, you, you know, you know your way around all this contracts cap. You have a nice way of dealing with people. And we really want to be more agent friendly. What better way than to hire an agent? So I went to Green Bay. I met him. I asked them very directly, no offense, but do I actually have to move here to do this? And they said, they said, no offense taken, but yes. And that was the start of almost 10 years in Green Bay, Wisconsin, running the Packers business operations. Yeah, it's real funny because I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Your name is very, very familiar from me. I remember reading the journal Sentinel or what's known as JSOnline.com, and your name would be in there. In fact, I know a couple players with Green Bay. One of them is Najee Davenport. And I remember bringing up your name yep. and they were like, oh yeah, the in quotes, what they called you was the money man. So I assume you signed the checks and did <laughs> the other stuff. So it's really interesting how when you say, no offense, but do I have to move there? I get the offense audience. It's, it's cold up there and, <laughs> and there's some perceptions from that per- standpoint, but you're in Green Bay. So you're like in the Mecca of sorts within football. That had to be so. First of all, yeah. you had the most unique experience from a sports person's perspective that I've ever heard, and I'm sure there's other interesting ones. But you, you're in Barcelona, you're in Green Bay, you're dealing with Master P. These couldn't be so very different job positions of sorts. So, how did you manage through yeah. all that, and how much of that shaped who you became as VP, Vice President of the Green Bay Packers? Well, you know, I get asked probably on an almost daily basis from young people, you know, about how to get into sports, whether it's business school, law school, sports management school, whatever it is. And I wish there was a formula so I could just tell people and not have to, you know, explain everything. But the one thing I will say, and it's hard to sort of translate to people who haven't had life experiences, but just allow for serendipity in your life. 
don't come in with a hard and fast plan because what you just referenced, if I'm sitting there in high school at Stanford, at Georgetown Law, I am never thinking I'm going to live part of my life in Barcelona, Spain, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Never. But things happen. And if you want to get into sports, chances are you're not going to get a job down the street. So you make yourself available. You do the best you can. Who knew that I'm, when I'm negotiating for a sixth-round quarterback named Matt Hasselbeck, I made such an impression that I ended up working there for 10 years. So it just you never know where life leads you. And to take it to Green Bay, it was truly unique. I, you know it. I've never experienced anything like it before since where a community, a region, a state, a vast Packer nation of people all over the world kind of wrap themselves around a sports franchise. Mm -hmm. And I felt it. I really treated my job as steward of a public trust. And what would the shareholders do was always be in my mind. And even though, you know, we were just a football team, I've really felt the weight of something bigger than that in the way these people reacted to us. And I have to say, it's part of the reason I loved it so much, but it's part of the reason I got out of there. Because when we were there the first few years, we're like, this is amazing. We're treated like royalty. This is such a unique community. It became a fishbowl. But after a while, right, the exact same thing was a negative where... I can't walk out of my house and not talk about the Packers. And I'm a pretty diverse guy. You know, I like a lot of things besides sports. So it just got to the point where we needed something different. My wife, I looked at her, I said, okay, I moved you to rural Wisconsin for 10 years. You get to pick. And she's from suburban Philadelphia, which is where we are now, right around Villanova, PA. That's quite the journey. So since leaving... It seems that you focused more on journalism, media. You're a columnist within Peter King's MMQB, something I read every Monday, I believe, is a new release out. You became an NFL right. business analyst for ESPN. And you just mentioned that you're a diverse person. So even though that's still within sports, it just goes to show the many facets to yourself. How was that transition to kind of move over to then writing about sports talking about sports on the ESPN or even writing for sports on ESPN. How was that for you in general? Well, I think the key thing is that when I left the Packers, it was not just about moving on from the Midwest. It was really I wanted a different life, more on my terms. And I really, you know, it's funny because I went to Stanford and I had a journalism professor who said, you're one of the most gifted writers I've ever seen. And I never practiced it for 20 something years. You know, when you're a business person, you don't really write. So I'm like, I'm going to write. I started my own website with a couple other former NFL executives like Michael Lombardi, who was with the Raiders, an agent, uh, a player that I had in Green Bay named Matt Bowen, who's now a writer for ESPN. And we got this website, the National Football Post, off the ground for a couple of years. And luckily for me, you know, I seem to fill a void where no one's really taking viewers, readers inside these offices. And... I had a couple years of writing and doing some TV, spot TV stuff. ESPN took notice and eventually hired me in 2011, initially to sort of break down what the heck was happening with these potential lockouts Mm -hmm. in the NBA and NHL and primarily the NFL. 
And then over the next few years, kind of it morphed from lockouts and labor into more contracts or the Ray Rice situation, the Tom Brady situation, the Adrian Peterson situation, concussions, drugs, gambling, marijuana, whatever it is, primarily on outside the lines. And I had a great run there, you know, for almost six and a half years until I was one of the uh, hundred layoffs last month, where again, tough to hear, but I felt like I protected myself with a lot of different things going on in my life. And, you know, it does no good to argue with their decision. It's what they decided. They laid off incredibly talented people. I almost feel fortunate to be among that group. Yeah. Um, Hey guys, let me put a quick finger in this point that Andrew is bringing up in terms of being laid off from ESPN. As many of you know, April, earlier April, ESPN laid off scores of media personalities from ESPN. Andrew Brandt was one of those people. Fortunately, as I've expressed many times on past podcasts, he's had multiple streams that he built up outside of ESPN. So although he was somewhat hurt by the fact that ESPN laid him off, he also was encouraged that he had other opportunities at Villanueva, that he's done things in terms of his own podcasts and other pieces. So after this podcast, I want you to check out the Business of Sports podcast by Andrew Brandt. Listen to his story about being laid off from ESPN. Just wanted to make that quick point. Back to the message. And on the writing side, just to the media part to, to top that off, I actually wrote for ESPN, at leaving my website for a couple of years. And then, as you mentioned, Sports Illustrated gave Peter King his own site, a really unique football site. And he put together his band of brothers, and I was honored to join. Uh, And I've been writing a weekly business of football column for him since 2013, which I hope is kind of a unique column out there. And then I started a podcast last year as well, similar issues, kind of taking people behind the scenes. So I've got my rounded work with TV, with writing, and with podcasts. And then just to finish me up on the academic side... When I moved to Philly, Wharton was right. My first call to me, hearing that I was moving there, start teaching a sports business class at University of Pennsylvania, Wharton School. That led to two classes, that led to three classes, that led to four classes at one point. And then out in the suburbs where I live, Villanova got a huge grant to start a sports program from a former alum named Jeffrey Morad, who part owner of the San Diego Padres, and they asked me to run it. And I initially said, no, you don't want me because I'm involved with so many other stuff. Why don't you get a academic? And they said, they went away and they finally came back and said, really, we don't want an academic. We want you with a name, with a voice. And 2013, I decided to do that. So I've been fortunate to combine this life of media and academia doing exactly what I wanted to do when I left the Packers, sort of create a life for myself that would fill a void in media and academia and keep me happy with all my interests and being around my boys more and et cetera. You know, I would probe into the, the, the layoffs at ESPN, but you do such a good job of it on your podcast, The Business of Sports, with Andrew Brandt, that I really want people to go check that out because you really, really delve into kind of how it unfolded, what happens. But to your point, you have your podcast, you have so many different things, and this is why it's important for people to kind of diversify their portfolio and more importantly, be careful what bridges you burn along the way because there'll always be new doors opening up. So 
I think your podcast is amazing. I always listen to it. I think you being laid off amongst the really good names that I've heard, you you kind of were one of the ones. Again, I'm, I'm a little biased here because I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I'm familiar with your name. I'm familiar with some of your work even <laughs> early on that you were one of the ones that I thought was a big mistake because you offered value, insights, perspectives that even some of the others that, that didn't offer. So, look, we have probably a minute left here. My yeah. son, who plays a defensive back for Texas A&M, is sitting in front of me literally listening to us talk right now, and we're in the process. He's in the process of fielding requests from agents and people with similar experiences as you. They have either law degrees, finance degrees, or both. So this is kind of a two-sided question. What word of advice would you give to us? Would you work with an agent? Would you work with a lawyer, especially as you look at rookie contracts? How would you approach that if a family is listening out there like us? Well, I've just recently written and talked a lot about rookie contracts, what you can and can't do. Uh, There's obviously limitations, what you can do as an agent on the money. Each pick is assigned a value, and that value is pretty much limited in negotiations. Teams will give you that value, bonus contract, signing bonus, guarantee, What is not limited in negotiations is your ability to negotiate terms of the contract, like the payout of the bonus, language in the contract about offsets, about voids, about split contracts. Teams tend to impose their will here, but it does pay to have someone, whether that's an attorney or agent, really in your corner fighting for whatever you can get out of that. So I think that's something you need. You know, I think the issue with rookie contracts is fees. Uh, I'm not saying don't use anyone to help, but it's a hard time paying 3%, which is the maximum agents are allowed on something that's largely predetermined. Right. So I think the fee model is wrong. You know, I know that there are fee models with attorneys doing it hourly, which seems to make a little more sense. I've heard 1% out there for a lot of agents now instead of the three. You know, I just think we are in a different age of rookie contracts where as great as agents are, they can't do a lot. Now, having said that, agents do a lot with pre-combine workouts, with managing your issues, with managing all the people coming at you. You know, I just talked to an agent the other day. He spent an hour, he spent two hours on some project that they approached his client with, took him away from his day. The agent doesn't make any money on that for doing that. So the, the agent fee model seems to be what's screwed up. But again, you're going to have a hard time getting players to pay by the hour for doing things not associated with the contracts. So I feel for agents, again, having been one myself. What what kind of experience, last question here, what kind of experience would you look for in an agent? Is it having more of a law background, finance background, sports management, or what would you look for just as, you know, being an agent yourself and understanding the waters out there? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I have a lot of, Parents and players themselves ask me about an agent. And ultimately, you know this, it always does come down to comfort level, gut feel. You feel like the person's in your corner, would have your back. Those are tough things to measure, but you do get that sense from people. But I would think, you know, I will say this, there's no one right way to be an agent, be a lawyer in sports. But I do notice people I've dealt with with law degrees have been just a bit better, just better in their thinking, better in their expression than coming from other disciplines. So I'm partial. You know, I am a lawyer. So when I see that, I would think lawyer background is always one that's preferable to me. 
I want to thank today's sponsor, ConvertKit. Get the automations and email marketing tools you need to grow your blog and business. Join 13,000 plus bloggers and try ConvertKit today. ConvertKit offers so many things that when I was working with MailChimp, I just couldn't get or I couldn't figure out. You can create simple text-based emails without focusing on design. Tags are your best friend. When you go inside, you can create tags to segment and filter your audience better. Basic form and landing pages are awesome and unique. If you don't have HTML skills, if you do have HTML skills, feel free to flaunt them. If you don't, that's okay. Work with it. ConvertKit offered everything I needed for somebody who has multiple sites trying to build multiple brands on multiple different forms, and I just couldn't do the same thing in MailChimp. Go to the link within the podcast notes for today's episode and check out ConvertKit. Tell them I sent you. So, Andrew, you've been so gracious with your time. I really appreciate you very much. I want everybody to go check out the Business of Sports podcast. It is an amazing podcast. I think you delve into sports unlike anyone else. We'll definitely link it up on the podcast page. Andrew, thank you very much. I really appreciate you. Pretty happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Missions and Marketplace. If you have a brand or business that you want to take online, or you're already online and looking for more exposure, visit us at AffiliateMission.com, the premier affiliate marketing and management agency. Also feel free to get social with us and check our Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter pages and share with us your story on how you're leaving a mark in the world. I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. (laughs)